let's rock. If you're new to the tribe, Rad is across the table. Rich is behind the mix. My name is Yanni Bormeister, and we are Unity GM, experts at turning driven people into athletes. This episode is brought to you by the Unified Movement System, the online program that balances strength, flexibility, and fitness in an efficient 60-minute workout so you can unleash your inner athlete. Get daily coaching by us, plus our epic gym and home UMS programs, extensive exercise library, private coaching group, and weekly coaching calls. As a valued listener, use the link in the description to get your first month free. Before we get started, warm welcome if you're watching on the Unity Gym YouTube channel. Remember, hit the like button to support the channel and subscribe if you like what you see. I'm excited to announce that joining us today, we have Phil White from ADPT Physio. Phil, if you didn't know, has been working in the fitness industry since 2012, first as a remedial massage therapist, and then went on to study exercise and sports science and a doctor of physiotherapy postgraduate degree. Now he runs ADPT Physio, where they specialize in delivering the athlete rehab experience to everyone. Phil's been a massage therapist to the GWS Giants AFL team, Olympians, Paralympians, and a number of other professional athletes. Welcome to the show, bro. Thanks. And yeah, I think this kind of massage experience paired with the sports science and physio is now the perfect combination of things to talk about what we're talking about today. Yeah, which is uh, a question that came from Andy Lawson in the UMS Movement Mastermind group. Andy asked, is there an optimum time to use massage guns pre or post-workout? Uh, I currently use a Theragun as part of my warm-up, but also try to use post-workout, though sometimes when not till several hours later, does it matter? So let's uh, let's tackle the massage uh, Theragun and foam rolling uh, debate head-on. And uh, yeah, we're going to sort of uncover whether we think they're useful, whether we like them, whether we use them ourselves, and uh, when is the best time and how to use them. Mm. So we may as well... Um, Straight up, we'll, we'll, before we, because I know Phil could um, absolutely d digest this and, and devour it, uh, but we'll, first we'll share Rad and my uh, experience. Um, I am a big proponent of uh, massage guns and uh, foam rollers and, and massage balls. I usually use them uh, either on my days off or before my workout as part of a sort of warm-up or prep. Uh, what I find that they do really, really well is uh, they, um, they raise your sort of, uh, your, your discomfort tolerance level, your pain threshold, uh, which allows me to train a little bit harder. It's sort of like doing as much for the brain as it is for the tissues that I'm, uh, I'm, um, massaging. Uh, I'm also a big fan of the idea. And this was actually t uh, told to me by a friend of mine, Dr. Ross Walker, who's a cardiologist. He, he said that the foam rolling, when you do your whole body, it's actually very good for your cardiovascular system as well. It, uh, it, it sort of massages the, the, the veins and the, um, uh, the blood uh, uh, capillaries and your arteries and things like that. So there's a sort of a hidden benefit in there as well for the, for the cardiovascular system. Uh, and the idea of just getting the metabolic byproducts of, of uh, hard, intense exercise sort of moved throughout your system. I, I like the idea of that as well. Yeah. Phil's shaking his head in the corner over here. We'll talk about that one later on. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> I'm going to first start saying that uh, what I'm about to say is I I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physiotherapist. So none of what I'm about to say Take has any absolute, has <laughs> any research behind it except for done on myself. But I can tell you right now, for me, before a workout, 
if I am training hard and I am experiencing DOMS and the kind of DOMS that I experience sometimes, it makes me feel like my range of motion is literally half of what it is when I try to go into a workout. Like I can barely squat down all the way without going oh, like this. And if I use the Theragun. <laughs> do, you, do you really do that? You go. <laughs> and if I, and if, I use the, if I use the Theragun on the really tight parts of my body, it uh. dramatically improves my comfort and ability to go into that workout and it, it, it basically reduces the amount of time I needed for me to warm up and get to a point where I can access uh, my full range of motion um, you know actively so that is my personal experience with it and uh, so that's is that massage gun or foam roller or massage both, both. yeah both, both. yeah, yeah. So um, component absolutely yeah yeah before i mean before a workout uh i wouldn't the only reason i really wouldn't do it after a workout is i'm just so cooked yeah and i don't feel like straight after a workout i don't feel the level of doms and discomfort that you're going to feel the next day or the day after just before a workout like that's when you feel the worst for me we should have we should have got the uh the different ones that we've got i might even Uh, duck out and grab them uh it's it's probably worth it but anyway we can link it in the description yeah while we do that let's uh let's Let's hear phil destroy destroy what we both just said (laughs) so another another thing i didn't say is it just feels damn good yeah yeah Yeah. and foam roller did you talk about foam rollers there yeah same for the same same reason in all honesty uh, the foam roller it would be my go-to because it's just easier and it's funny the theragun does more than the foam roller in a way that like if you want to get into your quadricep or your chest or your bicep or whatever like the theragun really gets in there but the foam roller you know um you can put yourself into that beautiful thoracic extension which for me is like daily medicine um and it's just it's just easier to have there and just jump on the foam roller and you can chat like you can't really chat while you're doing the theragun it's kind of like a kind of experience (laughs) Um, yeah, well, I guess there's, there's, do you want to show off your toys first or should I get into it? You you start talking while I set these up here. Yeah. So there's, Rad and I'll have a massage gun fight. There's, (laughs) which my my kids literally love doing. So that's another third hidden benefit to owning these things. Yeah. You can tell you guys are brothers. Um, so (laughs) when talking about this, there's so many different directions to sort of go, but I think kind of looking more broadly at sort of manual therapy is probably a good place to start. And so when thinking about this, there's going to be uh, like in the massage specific environment or therapy specific environment. And then there's kind of things that you can do for yourself. And it's amazing how much that kind of the thinking around this and understanding has changed over time. And as, as um, you know, Rad said out in the intro, like my, my background is as a massage therapist and I got in there thinking, hey, this is going to be cool. I'm going to be like helping change people's body by like, changing their structure, changing their tissues. And from my own experience of, um, you know, being an athlete who was getting lots of hands-on treatment, I, I really felt like the difference from when I had uh, massages, had a hands-on um, physio treatments and, and, and used foam rollers. So I was really excited to be like, great, I can't wait to like Rubik's Cube people back into like their perfect sort of form. And <laughs> it just doesn't work like that, which is kind of disappointing, but it's also really cool. So I'll go into a bit about... Um, what's actually happening. If you think about the level of sort of force that you're putting into your body with a foam roller, with um, a Theragun or with a, uh, um, or someone doing a massage to you, like if that level of force change, structurally changed your body in a significant way, 
humans would have died out a long time ago <laughs> because if you think about what you're doing in the everyday sort of life even just like your body weight sitting in chairs like the compression sort of forces on like going through your sit bones and um going through your back with just like the passive structures supporting your body like if our body was that susceptible to structural change we would be these like floppy bent over <laughs> things that would not be able to function not be able to hand like withstand sport like just imagine if you're trying to like play sport but those same forces that you like used a bit of a foam roll on you could deform you like that you'd, you'd have just a like you'd be a plasticine person you wouldn't be a <laughs> like a strong robust human that can do amazing um feats of strength like your um acrobatics career can you imagine if like the force that a massage therapist did with their elbow after leaning you know half their body weight into it like the forces that are going through your body in acrobatics jumping off <laughs> like landing full body weight at speed again and again like those levels of force are so much higher than anything that a like person would be doing to you and like that's your body's adapting to it getting stronger to it not suddenly like letting go and and turning into some um you know structurally changed thing so there's that structural deformity concept is really important to understand they've done studies in um human ITB bands, so um, sorry, that's ITB bands like ATM machine machine. Um, <laughs> uh, so ITB, so iliotibial band, where they've actually taken it out of cadavers um, and applied a um, force to it. So basically, like seeing how much weight that this ITB um, could withstand before it got any sort of structural change, and it was about the weight of a small car. So yeah. like <laughs> it's these things, these structures are bloody strong. Like you're not going to change them just from um, doing like a bit of um, you know, from rolling for a couple of minutes with, you know, however much body weight you can get on there. So that's just a really important thing to understand. But that doesn't mean that it's not doing anything. So there's been quite a lot of research into looking at, um, uh, I guess, flexibility. Oh, sorry, let's go back another step. So what is happening is think about all the stuff we talked about before in other episodes about um, contemporary pain science and how um, pain works. So if a lot of the time people use these sort of therapies as a way of um, getting past aches and pains. And, um, you know, it's funny when you're talking to like people who are a bit tough and they, they're like, oh, this, this, I'm just a bit tight. And like, do you mean that hurts or do you mean you're tight? And yeah, <laughs> people like yeah, yeah. don't like to say things like that. But yeah, basically like tension and, and, and discomfort and pain. Um, and we've talked a lot about the fact that like pain does not equal damage. Pain is your um, body's like calculation of perceived threat. So if this is all new to you, go back and listen to the pain science um, discussions that we've had because that will go into a lot more detail. Um, but the idea here is that, you know, sometimes that does, like the threat does correlate to damage, but other times it definitely does not. So in a kind of acute, like we're going to just like park all sort of specific acute injuries like a muscle tear, like a ligament sprain like a fracture we're just not thinking about that here we're assuming it's a um you know healthy person with sort of an achy bit or a um you know sore tight muscle for example and so when or even people have kind of like chronic injuries that we're we're trying to like increase exercise tolerance so with um what I've talked about before with pain science. So basically you have lots of different nerves throughout your whole body that are sending information to your brain via your spinal cord where the signal can be modulated. And by that, I mean turned up or turned down by things that are happening at a spinal cord level. And then it goes up the superhighway of your spinal cord into your brain. And then your thoughts, mood, belief, and context is all 
like that information is filtered in that um, that area, and then you have an experience of pain. So what foam rolling and massage guns can do is basically add a whole lot more signal to the um, area that's sore. So if you have like a tight bit in your quad and you're like, oh, I really want a sore bit in your quad and you start foam rolling it, then you've kind of got the um, signal coming from your quad is now it's like putting a whole lot of static on a TV. You've suddenly got all this extra stimulus that is from the pressure of the foam roll. And so it's this, it's, you're basically sending a whole lot of signal um, through that area. And it's almost like adding static to the very specific um, uh, signals that are going out. And then so what then happens at the brain is basically if you've got a positive context to that new stimulus, so if you're like, hey, I'm doing something therapeutic for myself, um, then suddenly that means that your context, your thoughts, mood, belief of what's happening, of that information from your periphery is now in a context where it's like, I'm doing something that's good for me. Like pressure and movement is good. Uh, all of these sensations are a positive thing that's helping me. Then that actually then can have a like a descending inhibitory control, um, basically positive effect. So what I mean by um, descending uh, inhibitory control is like your brain has like a drugstore up there. It can send like endogenous. So inside your body, you have different things that can turn up or turn down um, your level of of um, like signaling and discomfort. And so you can actually have like a a pain relieving. Thing from just having like this positive association with stimulus and that's what a lot of exercise um, for chronic pain um, rehab is all about is it's like getting your body to have a positive association with the signal that you're um, that is already there so I know this is a whole lot of information um, but just to quickly on that um, before I do some clarifications um, they've done some really good studies about that idea of like the um, like the fact that even having like a positive association or a healing association, does actually change your pain perception. So they had um, these studies with, you can even work with sticking your hand in really cold water. You know how like cold water is like, it's bloody uncomfortable in your hand, like, oh, aches. It's, it can be quite intense, but um, they've done a, like they did a study where it was looking at basically like sticking your hand in cold water. And then one group was told that um, when they did a, um, an electric shock to the lower limb, that if you had the hand in cold water, that that would make, um, feel better and you had another group that were told that would make it feel worse and the people who had this like were told that they're putting your hand in cold water would make the um, shock feel feel better actually like had a decrease in <laughs> experience of pain just because they were told like hey you're doing something therapeutic yeah. and so you've had this you've now got this association of like this is a positive stimulus so it's a yeah so we've just basically by by doing this show we're ruining everyone's experience with foam roll. <laughs> no, 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 no. I really don't want that because like, although like people get kind of really defensive about or like, or frustrated with the fact that so much of what's happening with pain is, is in the brain rather than structurally in the body. But I yeah. think it's just such a empowering message because yeah. there's just so many positive things that you can do yourself that can have these same effects. So instead of having to go and pay, you know, 120 bucks to go see a massage therapist every week, because the only reason, the only way you can get through your workout is by having someone doing like this yeah. hands-on stuff to you. You can get, if you have that understanding that I can have the same effect with a foam rolling, um, with a foam roller, with a massage gun, you know that it like does have this impact. Yeah, then it gives you back the power. It, it, it gives you the power. And that's, and I that's, think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I think that's really important. And yeah, and you don't, like a lot of, like physio and like um like hands-on 
modalities have always built on being really like specific things that like unlock your specific body by doing really specific treatments with these hands-on treatments but like there's just not research to like there's certain situations where the specificity can can be beneficial but for the most part like it's yeah you can do so much yourself with um, these very easily accessible tools yeah and so just to be like to sort of clarify and really simplify what phil's saying is that using these tools using these um these uh exercises of uh whether it's a massage gun which uh we'll talk about in a sec or a foam roller or a massage ball or a spiky massage ball or whatever it t it tends to down regulate the se the sensation of uh discomfort or pain and associate it with something that is actually really beneficial which in turn amplifies the positive experience it 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 it, it again down regulates and this is what i said at the start mm -hmm. I find that it, it, it will allow me to train harder because it sort of desensitizes me to the feeling of discomfort um, uh, or that, it, that an exercise can um, put you in, that an exercise yeah. session can put you in, you know, and that you've got to understand that there are so many great benefits to training and lifting heavy weights and pushing yourself hard in a cardio workout, whatever. And one of the main ones is that the, 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 the idea or the notion of, of callousing the mind, you know, you're sort of, you, you, the more you push yourself, the more you can handle. And, uh, and that's one of the hidden benefits to exercise that people don't really understand. And that, that carries over to everything in life. It carries yeah. over to how you deal with emotional stress, psychological stress, uh, all sorts of different stuff, you know? Yeah. And with this idea of pain being your body's like perception of like body's perceived threat, like you can't just tell yourself like consciously that hey like this is good this is fine for me like they've done lots of studies into like whether just psychological interventions and education is enough to make to improve people's pain and it's not so it's like you have to have this understanding but then basically through your body like teach your mind that things are okay and yep. and this is where these massage guns and where progressive exercise is is so useful and so yeah if you do want to look more into this the term which we i remember we talked about this on the podcast like last year the um diffuse noxious inhibitory control was the fancy term for yep. this so if you do want to like go and dive deeper into it or we can do a future episode or something um like a bit into more detail but i think that's probably that's probably heaps. Does that make sense to you, Rad? As yeah, absolutely. Who, the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I've, uh, I was quite, <laughs> I was quite, um, disheartened when you first, uh, explained to me, um, the way that these things work, because I really wanted to believe that there was something more going on yeah. when I was getting massaged and when I was using these things. But we've had these talks many, many times now over the years and it, and it makes sense to me. Yeah. And it, it, for me, um, it, you know, it actually reinforces as to why I do these things because at the end of the day, um, you know, sometimes these little one percenters or two percenters uh, can can really you know make a difference for you, yeah. and um, and at times it it, it certainly does uh, allow me to keep doing what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, there was some research just looking into again, like if it's not talking about pain, but like rather range of motions, because you guys are talking about how you find it much easier to move once you've done the foam rolling, for example. And there was looking into um, studies looking into foam rolling and basically you could get an increased increased range of motion while still maintaining strength whereas we've talked about a lot before if you go if you're increasing range of motion by stretching really hard before a strength workout that can actually decrease your strength so it's a great way of building that um, range of motion but yeah it's probably happening from a neurological like um action rather than a 
um, structural yeah. Yeah. action. And it's a, and it's interesting because we used to our our eighteen minute stretching routine uh, is what our it, it's literally our, our old warm up from a few years ago, and it takes eighteen minutes. If uh, usually in the workout we allowed twenty minutes for it because there's a bit of fudge factor um, teaching people, but. Um, uh, when we removed it, one of the big things that people complained about was that we had removed foam rolling because 10 mm. minutes of it is foam rolling the entire body, mm. five to 10 minutes. And uh, the thing is that, and people complain, what, what we did was we wanted to make our workouts more efficient and a 20 minute warm up just wasn't efficient. And so we've really dialed in our warm up now to 10 minutes to be very specific to what the body needs to be prepared for a workout because that's what the warm up is. It's the warm up, not the workout, workout, for a UMS workout. But we had a lot of kickback from members saying, oh, I really wish you hadn't have taken the foam rolling out of the warm up." And the reason was because it kind of hacks the system and it makes them feel really good. Mm. People that are coming in feeling a little bit displaced or discombobulated or a little bit sore uh, after that um, uh, uh, foam rolling session that we covered from head to toe, basically, they feel really good. And, and, and they were associating that good feeling to the whole workout, which is important, you know, but we sort of went, well, what do we want to do? Do we want to get someone a result or do we want to just make them feel good? And yeah. we had to make a really hard decision that the result was more important to the majority of people than just coming and feeling good, you know? And, and, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of interesting anyway. Yeah. And just quickly on the other factors that people sometimes think about, um, being impacted by foam rolling. So you're talking about the circulation and the flushing of metabolic byproducts of exercise. Um, they looked into circulation and basically like it, it's not going to be like doing light exercise will also increase your circulation. Yeah. Like the, the, when, what you're specifically talking about with, that Ross Walker would have been um, mentioning is like with your calves, for example, because you've got um, the way that the veins work, you've got this series of one-way valves um, that with your arteries, your your blood's actively pumped from your heart, but with that, there is your um, venous system, so your veins, the blood returns to your body by a series of um, kind of muscle pumps. And so when you're walking, it's basically, um, it's like squishing the the blood up and it doesn't go backwards because of the one-way valves. And that's why um, with plane, like airplanes, they were talking about like moving your calves a lot so you don't get deviated thrombosis. So like there's potential there that if you're like doing the foam rolling, you can be kind of like doing kind of a, a, a physical muscle pump um, there. So, and your capillary system throughout your whole body, like there is sort of some there, but like it wouldn't be a make or break whether or not your blood's going to flow, like your blood's going to flow if you, yeah, yeah. if you move. And, um, and there is a lot of evidence to prove that the best way to get your blood flowing is just a, a moderate intensity cardio. Exactly. Workout. And yeah. so, but then with metabolic byproducts, there was research into this and there was no difference in metabolic byproducts. So creatine kinase and other factors that kind of show um, oh, like muscle damage that. and stuff. But <laughs> again, the great thing is that the body Damn is it. really good at doing that just by, by, itself. <laughs> like, yeah. by itself. So Again, cardio, a little bit of cardio. Yeah is a really great way and to do that yeah, yeah so those are the kind of other factors that people often um, think are involved but just kind of probably aren't as important as you think so again use before exercise makes more sense to me than than spending ages doing it afterwards yeah. because it's yeah. more about getting your body prepared to do something and feeling good about doing something rather than having this idea that it's going to enhance your recovery in some way because it doesn't seem to be likely that it's going to enhance your recovery unless you're using it as like a nice active recovery thing that um you know you like stops you from doing something too intense and <laughs> uh, well, cutting back your thing. Falls in alignment with um, the way that Aaron trains as well. Whenever yeah. we train with Aaron, he always starts every workout with a, yeah. a bit of foam rolling yeah. and he uses it as well 
as a the way that he describes it is he uses it as a self check-in to really just see how his body feels and maybe like oh that's a little bit tight going on there and, sore, and it'll sore, it'll not yeah, tight. yeah, sore, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'll yeah. give him it'll give him feedback as to what he may need to pay attention to or avoid in a workout uh, yeah. based on the feedback yeah. that he gets from yeah. the phone. So can I now play with my toys? No, no, I just want to talk oh. about one more thing. Okay. Sorry. Right. We, so with your toys, uh, with the Theragun or the massage gun um, that you have there, basically there is a potential other mechanism action that is still in sort of like early stages of understanding, which is the vibration aspect of it. Because with foam rolling, obviously you've just got like that direct pressure, but with um, massage guns it is the vibrational aspect and there's kind of quite a lot of interest in looking at um, it seems like there could be some potential benefit in uh, I was going to make sure I get the right thing so high velocity low amplitude so high speed but low intensity so there's potential that there could be some like metabolic things going on um, with that type of vibrational stimulus and there's you know, you, you go into like midday TV and there's the people standing on vibration boards yeah, where it's like a yeah, similar yeah. sort of concept they were because huge a couple of years yeah, ago. Because... I actually I actually met a guy who had wasted a, a truckload of money buying them yeah. and just couldn't get rid of them after a while. Yeah. Because... So there's like there's been some interest in that idea of high velocity, low amplitude vibration and its effect on the metabolic system. But again, like it's not gonna be the make or break whether or not you reach your health yeah. and fitness goals and it's still in very early stages of understanding so just to for those people who are watching and they've heard about that like there might be something there but i wouldn't like be yeah. that would, wouldn't be the reason why i'd like get one um but that also would suggest that like it's you're probably better off taking that sort of vibrational approach to things rather than the jackhammer approach of high amplitude <laughs> and high velocity or high high amplitude and and low velocity so that's again speed and pressure so try and go for like lower pressure and higher speed to get potentially some of that vibrational benefit but yeah like which know. brings me to my tools so they're absolutely not created equal and the the one that we tend to use is the theragun this is the theragun pro which is way more powerful than the uh musage uh but it, if, you, if you're just going for what you were just talking about then the musage is probably really good um it it is and I'll, I'll give you a demonstration on the table here this one goes to what they call 20 and this yeah. one oh my god <laughs> all right harder ball but um yeah i don't think that was a very good demonstration really but uh this one is a lot less Especially powerful than this one yeah. So you just be aware of that. That, but 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 this one I think is 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 about one hundred fifty or two hundred dollars uh, Australian, and this one's about nine hundred. So yeah, very very different motors, very very different uh, tools. A lot of fun, and if you don't end up using it much, your kids certainly will. They'll just run <laughs> around the house hitting each other with them. Uh, so there you go. There you have it. And yeah. we'll put some links in the description where you can pick these things and up if you want. And we'll make some affiliate uh, um, get, get, gets to get paid. Yeah. And, <laughs> and just before I do finish up, I do want to just say that, like, I talked about how this is like, like this is talking about manual therapies. Um, so we were talking about like kind of equating massage and foam rolling as being the same. But there are other effects within a massage that can have like more positive effect than just a foam roller. So it's not exactly the same just doing a foam rolling session versus mm -hmm. doing a massage because one of the really great things about um, massage is that like time where you're just like able to completely relax, mentally switch off, um, have, you know, a therapeutic alliance with the person who's caring about you and like human touch is a really powerful thing um, and that ability to properly relax. Whereas when you're foam rolling, you, you're never 
really nah. relaxed you. Yeah. <laughs> so I, was, that's, that's I, I just want to say for all those um, people who do like massages out there and as a previous massage therapist myself, like there definitely are benefits to seeing an, a person for a, a, a really good quality remedial massage, but a lot of the kind of um, effects you can do by yourself. So anyone who wants to know Phil's address to send him abusive messages yeah. and, and, and letters, if you're a massage therapist, he yeah, lives at... going to get taken down by Big Theragun. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember that Simpsons episode where Homer... Um, finds that the the that um that uh, deranged bin if you fell over it it fixed all your spine problems and all the chiropractors <laughs> yeah. started attacking him <laughs> oh gold anyway that's all we got time for today guys great discussion as always yeah, thank you very much yeah. phil uh if you want to find phil offline or on the line yeah, uh he's online. available <laughs> at uh adpt physio on instagram and if you want to book a an online or an in-person consult you can get him at adpt dot physio uh and he'd love to uh catch up with you Thanks, everyone. Great, uh, great chat as always. And we'll catch you in our next episode of the Sound of Movement podcast.